Chapter Twenty One of Adeline Mowbray by Amelia Alderson Opie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pam Moscato. Chapter Twenty One. Adeline awoke early the next morning, perfectly sane, though weakened by the exertions which she had experienced the night before, and saw with surprise and alarm that she was not in her own lodging. But she had scarcely convinced herself that she was awake when Mrs. Selby the mistress of the house, appeared at her bedside, and seeing what was passing in her mind by her countenance, explained to her as delicately as she could to the situation in which she had been brought there. "'And who brought me hither?' replied Adeline, dreadfully agitated, as the remembrance of what had passed by degrees burst upon her. "'Colonel Mordaunt of the lifeguards,' was the answer, and Adeline was shocked to find that he was the person to whom she was under so essential an obligation." She then hastily arose, being eager to return home, and in a short time she was ready to enter the drawing-room and to express her thanks to Colonel Mordaunt. But in vain did she insist on going home directly, to ease the fears of her family. The physician who arrived at the moment forbade her going out without having first taken both medicine and refreshment, and by the time that, after the most earnest entreaties, she obtained leave to depart, she recollected that as her clothes were the same, she might still impart disease to her child, and therefore must on no account think of returning to Editha. "'Whither, whither, then can I go?' cried she, forgetting she was not alone. "'Why not stay here?' said the colonel, who had been purposely left alone with her. "'Oh, dearest of woman, that you would not accept the protection of a man who adores you, who has long loved you, who has been so fortunate as to rescue you from a situation of misery and danger.' and the study of whose life it shall be to make you happy he uttered this with such volubility that adeline could not find an opportunity to interrupt him but when he concluded she calmly replied i am willing to believe colonel mordaunt from a conversation which i once had with you that you are not aware of the extent of the insult which you are now offering to me you probably do not know that i have been for years a married woman Colonel Mordaunt started and turned pale at this intelligence, and in a faltering voice replied that he was indeed a stranger to her present situation, for that libertine as he confessed himself to be, he had never yet allowed himself to address the wife of another. This speech restored him immediately to the confidence of Adeline. Then I hope, cried she, holding out her hand to him, which in spite of his virtue he passionately kissed, that as a friend you will have the kindness to procure me a coach to take me to the lodging a few miles out of town where i once was before and that you will be so good as to drive directly to my lodgings and let my poor maid know what has become of me i dread to think added she bursting into tears of the agony that my unaccountable absence must have occasioned her the colonel too seriously attached to adeline to know yet what he wished or what he hoped on this discovery of her situation promised to obey her provided she would allow him to call on her now and then and adeline was too full of gratitude to him for the service which he had rendered her to have resolution enough to deny his request he then called a coach for himself and for adeline as she insisted on his going immediately to her lodgings and also begged that he would tell the mulatto to send for advice and prepare her little girl for inoculation directly adeline drove directly to her old lodgings in the country where she was most gladly received and the colonel went to deliver his commission to the mulatto he found her in strong hysterics the tawny boy crying over her 
and the woman of the house holding her down on the bed by force while little editha had been conveyed to a neighbor's house that she might not hear the screams which had surprised and terrified her colonel mordaunt had opened the door and was witnessing this distressing scene before any was conscious of his presence but the tawny boy soon discovered him and crying out oh sir do you bring us news of our friend sprang to him and hung almost breathless on his arm savannah who was conscious enough to know what passed though too much weakened from her own sufferings and anxieties to be able to struggle with this new affliction started up on hearing these words and screamed out does she live blessed man but say so dat's all in a tone so affecting and with an expression of agonized curiosity so overwhelming to the feelings that colonel mordaunt whose spirits were not very high was so choked that he could not immediately answer her and when at last he faltered out she lives and is quite well the frantic joy of the mulatto overcame him still more she jumped about his neck she hugged the tawny boy and her delight was as extravagant as her grief had been till exhausted and silent she sunk upon the bed and was unable for some minutes to listen quietly to the story which colonel mordaunt came to relate when she was composed enough to listen to it she did not long remain so for as soon as she heard that colonel mordaunt had met adeline in her frenzy and conveyed her to a place of safety she fell at his feet embraced his knees and making the tawny boy kneel down by her invoked the blessing of god on him so fervently and so eloquently that colonel mordaunt wept like a child and exclaiming upon my soul my good woman i cannot bear this was forced to run out of the house to recover his emotion when he returned savannah said well now blessed sir take me to my dear lady indeed replied he i must not you are forbidden to see her forbidden replied she her eyes flashing fire and who dare to keep savannah from her own missus i will see her not if she forbids it savannah and if her child's life should be endangered by it oh no to be sure not cried the tawny boy who doted upon editha and having fetched her back from the next house was lulling her to sleep in his arms colonel mordaunt started at the sight of the child and scooping down to kiss its rosy cheek sighed deeply as he turned away again well cried savannah you talk very strange me no understand but you shall my excellent creature replied the colonel immediately he then entered on a full explanation to savannah who had no sooner heard that her mistress feared she had been so much exposed to the infection of the smallpox as to make her certain of giving it to her child than she exclaimed oh my good god save and protect her own self she never have it and she may get it and die surely you must be mistaken replied the colonel mrs berrendale must have recollected and mentioned her own danger if this be the case she hastily replied the mulatto she tink of herself never she only mind others good do you tink if she be one selfish beast like her husband savannah love her so dear no mr colonel me know her and me know though we may save the child we may lose the mother here she began to weep bitterly while the colonel more in love than ever with adeline from these proofs of her goodness resolved to lose no time in urging her to undergo herself the operation which she desired for editha then begging the mulatto to send for a surgeon directly in spite of the tears of the tawny boy who thought it cruel to run the risk of spoiling miss editha's pretty face he took his leave saying to himself what a heart has this adeline how capable of feeling affection 
for no one can inspire it who is not able to feel it and this creature is thrown away on a man undeserving her it seems on this intelligence he continued to muse till he arrived at adeline's lodgings to whom he communicated all that had passed and from whom he learned with great anxiety that it was but too true that she had never had the smallpox and that therefore she should probably show symptoms of the disease in a few days consequently as she considered it too late for her to be inoculated she should do all that now remained to be done for her security by low living and good air that same evening colonel mordaunt returned to savannah in hopes of learning from her further particulars respecting adeline's husband as he felt that his conscience would not be much hurt by inducing adeline to leave the protection of a man who was unworthy of possessing her fortunately for his wishes he could not wish to hear more than savannah wished to tell everything relating to her adored lady and colonel mordaunt heard with generous indignation of the perfidious conduct of berrendale vowing at the same time that his time his interest and his fortune should all be devoted to bring such a villain to justice and to secure to the injured editha her rightful inheritance the mulatto was in raptures she told colonel mordaunt that he was a charming man and infinitely handsomer than berrendale though she must own he was very good to look at and she wished with all her soul that colonel mordaunt was married to her lady for then she believed she would have never known sorrow but been as happy as the day was long colonel mordaunt could not hear this without a sacred pang had i followed he said mentally the dictates of my heart when i saw adeline at bath i might now perhaps instead of being a forlorn unattached being have been a happy husband and father and adeline instead of having been the mistress of one man and the disowned wife of another might have been happy and beloved and as respectable in the eyes of the world as she is now in those of her grateful mulatto however there was some hope left for him yet adeline he thought was not a woman likely to be over scrupulous in her ideas and might very naturally think herself at liberty to accept the protection of a lover when from no fault of hers she had lost that of her husband it is natural to suppose that while elevated with these hopes he did not fail to be very constant in his visits to adeline and that at length more led by passion than policy he abruptly at the end of ten days informed adeline that he knew her situation and that he trusted that she would allow him to hope that in due time his love which had been proof against time absence and disdain would meet with reward and that on his settling a handsome income on her and her child for their joint lives she would allow him to endeavor to make her as happy as she and she only could make him to this proposal which was in form of a letter colonel mordaunt did not receive an immediate answer nor was it at first likely that he should ever receive an answer to it at all as adeline was at the moment of its arrival confined to her bed according to her expectations with the disease which she had been but too fearfully imbibing while the half-distracted mulatto was forced to give up to others the care of the sickening editha to watch over the delirious and unconscious adeline but the tawny boy's generous benefactress gave him leave to remain at adeline's lodgings in order to calm the fears for editha and assist in amusing and keeping her quiet and if attention had any share in preserving the life and beauty of editha it was to the affectionate tawny boy that she owed them 
and he was soon rewarded for all his care and anxiety by seeing his little charge able to play about as usual colonel mordaunt and the mulatto meanwhile did not obtain so speedy a termination to their anxieties adeline's recovery was for a long time a matter of doubt and her weakness so great after the crisis of the disorder was past that none ventured to pronounce her even then out of danger but at length she was in a great measure restored to health and able to determine what line of conduct it was necessary for her to pursue to return an answer to colonel mordaunt's proposal was certainly her first business but as she felt that the situation in which he had once known her made his offer less affronting than it would have been under other circumstances she resolved to speak to him on the subject with gentleness not severity especially as during her illness to amuse the anxiety that had preyed upon him he had taken every possible step to procure evidence of the marriage and gave into savannah's hands the first day that he was permitted to see her an attested certificate of it End of chapter twenty one recording by pam moscato